We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. All righty, Matt Stein, Matt Evan Giddings with you on 95.7 The Game, day after Christmas, and a lot going on, really is. we got Giants, all of a sudden they look a lot better than they looked last week, the 49ers, they've looked good for two months, and the Golden State Warriors, it's a big win for them last night, big win for them, no Steph Curry, and yet... They got great play out of their young players, and Jordan Poole was was really good, and they, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies. They have seven consecutive games now at Chase Center. Maybe change two under five hundred to one or two over five hundred, maybe? You'd certainly hope so. I mean, this is an opportunity for a team that has played extremely well at home to capitalize on every chance they have. And, look, you're looking at the Hornets, the Jazz, the Blazers, the Hawks, the Pistons, the Magic. Like, all those teams are beatable. Very much so. They are. 888-957-9570. If you want to jump into the conversation, and that's also the uh, Xfinity Mobile text line, Lorenzo Neal coming up at 1 o'clock, and I will unveil uh, my Mount Rushmore of fullbacks. Let Let me throw this out there. To This is off the beaten track. But uh, let me throw this out there to to people a little older than me, believe it or not. And this is the week to do it. Okay. So, can someone please explain me? Who explain to me? Who is a football expert, mm-hmm. a little older than me? I'm putting together my greatest list of, of fullbacks of all time. And there's two. You know, when I think of fullbacks, I think of okay, who was the running back with this guy? So was Rocky Blyer a fullback when he was blocking for Franco Harris? I know Balboa. And what about what about what about Jim Kick? Jim Kick and, and Larry Zonka formed the Dolphins backfield in the early seventies. I want to say both had over a thousand yards one year, but but they used like the two it's almost like they used two halfbacks. It, I, I don't know if the term fullback was completely Defined at that point, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, like like Jim Brown w- played fullback. Like okay, that was, well, then he's on it. That's what I'm saying. But but he's not a low kneel kind of fullback. Like right. jo- like John Riggins played fullback. Mike Allstop played fullback. Riggins played fullback. And that's what he's listed as. Oh, he is. Yes. So, but but he ran the ball. It wasn't just like he was there to block. So I guess we get maybe this week we can figure this out with Low. What his definition? Of a fullback is especially, I would maybe well, nineteen eighty on. Well, it almost feels like you can't be a fullback if you carry the ball a lot. That would make you a running back or ha- halfback. I mean, like, but I also know that, like you were saying, being back before the passing game became what it is now, you would have multiple tailbacks in your backfield. 
So correct. One technically could be listed as your fullback as opposed to the halfback, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know you're Lorenzo Neal and your your job is to be a heat seeking missile and tag the middle linebacker on the other side. Yeah, I let me. Uh, I want to go back and see some of the old teams and even how their running backs were listed. Because I want to say, I'll bet you, I'll look at Sports Reference and go back and look at some. The Dolph. I bet they list Mercury Morris, Jim Kick, and Larry Zonka all as running backs. But back in the day, it used to be a tailback was something a little different than a running back. Mm. Anyway, there you go. Steiny, what about your boy Juszczyk? By the way, a credit to the 650. He spelled that name right, I think. He definitely copied and pasted That's it. fine. That's fine. You correct. Congratulations, 650. That should be the final question of a spelling bee, or final word of a spelling bee. Spell Kyle Juszczyk. Use it in a sentence. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk went 39 consecutive games one year without touching. I can't. I couldn't do it off the top of my head. My bad. Well, look, Kyle Juszczyk, we were talking about this before. I do think, I'll say this. Kyle Juszczyk is a six-time Pro Bowler. He deserves to be, based on the position that he plays. But if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan and you're angry, maybe deservedly so, about a Dre Greenlaw, about actually I don't even know if Christian McCaffrey was was voted. No, he was out. He was a snub. Yeah, so if you're mad about any of those snubs, I would maybe not wholly, but direct some of my anger towards fullbacks in general. Because right now there are in the NFL, I believe, eight. Eight fullbacks that are listed at that position, and two Pro Bowl spots go to the eight. And there's only three that really start. So two of them are locked in. One of them's Kyle Juszczyk. The other's Patrick, I think, Ricard for uh, the Ravens. So you should be mad at those people, not the voters. Like, why is fullback still a Pro Bowl-worthy position if there's only eight of them in the league? That's what I want to know. I maybe agree. maybe Lowe can help us out. I agree. I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers back in their heyday. Sure enough, Franco Harris running back, Rocky Blyer running back. Uh, Rocky Blyer, though, had 800 yards rushing. Oh, that's total. Oh, boy. Uh, Franco Harris, they only played 14 games, keep in mind. Uh, Franco Harris, 1,082 yards. Rocky Blyer, 633. It's not bad. Well, like John Riggins here was listed as a fullback for the first nine years of his career. When he played with the Jets or the Re- uh, the Washington football team? Jets and then Washington from 76 to 79 listed as a fullback in three 1,000-yard seasons. But then the last five years of his career, he's listed as a running back. So Something happened there. I'm I, telling you. I, I, I want to know if it was... Prior to, I guess it looks like 1980s, the cutoff, if the running back position was really, like, like did they, like, did they, did they consider halfbacks, running backs? And... I think I got it. Okay. I think I got it. And if anybody can help us out there, I think I got it. I think in a, in a back in the day, or a little bit, in, in a different generation, they used the split backfield. Two running backs. Mm-hmm. Side by side, essentially. I mean, separated by four yards, but side by side. Yeah. And at some point, I think that was the that was the way you did. Most teams did it conventionally, and then they must have switched to 
the up back, the full back, and the running back then in an eye in formation instead of a split backfield. And I'll bet you when that happened, there was some kind of natural delineation where the one guy kind of got defined as the, the blocking back, the other guy was going to get more carries, the other guy was probably more athletic and more explosive. See, I, you think people... I think people find that not fascinating. I think people probably wonder. Like, there's probably a section of our of our listeners that think it's fascinating, but probably in the minority. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't matter because we're the only ones that are actually doing this. Yeah, show. exactly. So, uh, can you guys discuss how amazingly great Jokic is? Really, he was pretty amazing last Leaky night. He is unbelievable. I know probably no one else was up, but. That might have been the best game of the the Christmas slate. All right. I'm sure it was, actually, because the first, the first, all right. Here's another uh, little, little not a pet peeve, but I heard it last night. And I think I think I heard it from Mark Jackson and Van Gundy, and it, those guys know what they're talking about. With all due respect. Not bad. Uh, but they're, they're donning Jokic, one of the greatest, like, the, he's already been donned the greatest passing center of all time. Yep. Well, I got a problem with that. Why? Because you can't say that definitively, first of all. Passing is a subjective thing. It's not objective other than how many stats a guy has. The problem is is I can't have this argument without sounding like I don't think Jokic is incredible, and I do think he's incredible, and I do think he's a great passer, and he might be the greatest passer of all time for a big man. But he might not be better than Bill Walton as a passer. He might not have been as good as a passer as Arvidas Sabonis in his prime. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Well, I, I Doesn't think... mean Jokic isn't great. And maybe, and, but why can't people say oh, he's one of the greatest passes, passing big men ever? I, I mean, that's why do you have to say he's the greatest? Well, why do you do that? You don't know that. I think a lot of people, especially my generation, base their opinions off of statistics, and there is a there is a chasm between Jokic's assist numbers and enter next center. Like, I, I, you know, I didn't have a chance to watch Bill Walton live. I've read about how amazing of a passer he was. But if, you, if someone of my age just goes and looks at basketballreference.com, I think it's an, it's an easier conclusion to make because then you don't have to go out and, and watch someone play. Like, like I thought... Kevin Garnett was a really good passer. Chris Webber was a really good Weber's passer. Great, yeah. But that doesn't mean, like, but their assist totals per game were probably f- four, maybe five at most. You know, mm-hmm. And Jokic last night had 15. So right. I think that's where people come from. And who knows, if Bill Walton played in the same system that Jokic does nowadays, he might average 10 assists a game. Boy, he was so different he, as a player, though. Sabonis didn't play in the NBA in his prime. I know, but even even when he first got over, he was Sabonis was incredible. Well, like, he, he can hold the ball. a great passer. Bogut's a great passer. See now, if you say now, here's just me. Who's a better passer, Kevin Garnett or Chris Webber? It's Chris Webber. To me, it's like he's a tier above Garnett. I think Chris Webber was a great passer. But those guys were also asked maybe more than than Jokic to be. Like a, a score first, as opposed to a point forward, point center, whatever. Like, there's no one else on the Denver Nuggets that Jokic plays with that really runs the point. Right. Like, no doubt. So, 
de facto, he has to be... It's kind of like Draymond in that way. Yeah. A little bit. Draymond had 13 assists last night. He played pretty well last night, Draymond. No doubt about it. That's the other thing about this this homestand, to me, that's that's it's important. And it's... Look, the, ga- the games are at home. I got to believe... I haven't looked at... Do they have any back-to-backs? If they don't, it's still... it's You know, they're going to come. The game, day oh, off, they, game... Their upcoming day- homestand? Yeah. Uh, yes, they're, well, they're, their next two games will be a back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. What I'm getting at is, can Draymond Green and Clay be solid and consistent during this homestand? Are they going to play, how many games are they going to play? Do they have two backs, back-to-backs or one? Just one back-to-back. Okay. And that's net, that's coming up, Charlotte and then who? Charlotte and then Utah. So, Ooh. based on how they've used Clay, Clay probably wouldn't Ooh. play against Utah. He'd play the front end of the back-to-back. And Draymond would play... I, I think also some of it is dependent on when Wiggins returns, which we still don't know about. Point. So if he's available, then maybe Draymond does play, because he doesn't have to play as many minutes. Or if Jermichael Green is out, as he was last night, Draymond probably has to play more minutes, because they don't have a backup four. Right. So some of it's based on injuries. But I, I think you're right. Like This is the time when... We talked about it before you before you left. It's like this is when you need your Hall of Famers to drag you out of the sub five hundred pit. Exactly, no no doubt about it. I, I feel the same way. I feel like uh, it's an eight game homestand. They're already one and zero. Can you get to five and three, and hopefully six and two? That's what you really want now, especially because you beat Memphis. Can you get? Can can Draymond Clay? Uh, Obviously, Poole, Looney, slash Wiggins, can can those five guys who are your best players, can they get you six wins of eight games in this homestand? And it might even be more simple than that. It's, can you beat the teams you're supposed to beat? Like, please. Like, if you are a better team... Well, give me... Run it down. Run, give me the schedule. I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you if they're going to win or not. Charlotte Hornets. That's a win. And then, on a back-to-back, Utah Jazz. I'm going to be conservative, and when I say conservative, I mean I'm going to I'm going to go against the Warriors to make it like worst case scenario. They lose that game. Worst case scenario, they they blow a four point lead in the last one. thirty seconds. They go like one they did and against one against those two. Let's just okay. say I'm, I'm, again, this is my worst case scenario. Yep. Uh, next game is against Portland, the Trailblazers. They'll beat Portland. I agree. Atlanta. They're going to beat the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks are in trouble. Detroit. They'll beat the Detroit Pistons. Orlando. They'll beat Orlando. And finally, Phoenix. Let's, I'll give them an L against Phoenix, even though now that looks like a more winnable game. So they better go 6-2. and So two. that's 5-3, and three, right? 6-2. and two. You have them losing to Utah and Phoenix. See, they should, and you could make a case they should be better. Oh, sorry, it'd be 5-2. Five 5-2. And two. Five five and and two. Two. From now. And we'll give Memphis six and two. So that I would put them a game above okay. five hundred. Right. I when probably they hit the road. I probably would have thought five and three. Five and three. Beat everybody but Utah, Memphis, and the Suns. Well now they already beat Memphis, so go six and two now. And they're yeah. already one and oh. Uh I think they should expect to do that. I think so now. Although, you know, somebody's not playing in the back to back. Probably two two guys, right? Clay and Draymond probably won't play both games of that back-to-back. I would imagine Draymond, I don't know if it's that game, but he'll probably miss one game over the homestand the rest of the way. I would think so. Javier's in Vacaville. 
What's up, Javi? How you doing, man? How you doing, Mr. Thomas? Good. Uh, hold on. Can you hear me, sir? I can hear you loud and clear. Javi. Sorry, I had to turn off the uh, app on my phone. Sure. And uh, I didn't get the guest, uh, the guest host. What was your name, sir? I'm sorry about that. Evan. Uh, Evan. Oh, yeah, Evan Giddings. Uh, how you doing, Evan? Do you I need to put us so, on hold? No. What's up, man? If you need no, to put no, us on hold, we can we can get you back for in a minute or no, so. No, we can, okay. we can call back. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, not uh, you know, announce hello, and greet him as well. But anyway, my point is that uh, you know, hindsight twenty twenty, and I hear the Wiseman talk, and you know, I was a Wiseman supporter, still am. But you know, Clay Thompson thirty two, Draymond Green about thirty one, thirty three in that range, and Steph Curry thirty four. Looking back now, <clears throat> two thousand twenty two. If you if you say that you know any way shape or form you can go back to that 2020 draft, I mean I don't know if you guys could attest this. I just think I wanted Lamelo Ball, and people were thinking I was crazy for that. I mean looking back now, I think they made the mistake, and now we're saying, oh, you can't trade him now, you can't get rid of him. Well, it's there's two ways to look at that. Is are you trying to build him up to have him be, you know, the next starting center for the Warriors in three years, or are you trying to chase this window you have with? This no, you have this dynasty, nope. and try to get something that can help you. Because if you're not trying to, this team is not fit to win a championship. And you're, what chips do you have to get out there and lay out in front of teams? Besides, why? I mean, Javi, I got to tell you something. I, I, I'm with you, Javi. I'm with you, and I, and that's where I think there's a there. I do think there's a little bit of a disconnect between some Warrior fans and Joe Lacob, and it, it's that I, I don't they. Joe Lacob did not draft Wiseman, I don't think, and say, you know what? I mean, sure, if he comes on like gangbusters, all of a sudden you got a great center. But I, I tell this to Goo all the time, and I get it, people. I said, Goo, if Bob Myers and Joe Lacob really thought that James Wiseman was going to be an integral player, or the starting center on a championship team two years into his career, even three. That's asking a lot for a seven foot one player who played no college, three games. Like, so to this day, you can't convince me that Joe Lacob expected Wiseman to be better by now. Well, let me take that back. I don't think Joe Lacob expected Wiseman to be a star by now. Because one of the reasons they drafted James Wiseman is to be a star four years from now when Steph Curry ain't even in the picture. He wants Wiseman to be Jokic. He wants Wiseman to be Chris Bosh by that point. You know, borderline, well, Jokic would be a Hall of Famer, but that type of player. And, And he's not... Yes, I would have liked to have seen everything happen a little faster, but no self-respecting owner and GM would ever draft a kid like that without acknowledging it could take five years. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think he drafted him saying, we're drafting a prodigy. Like, like this is going to be you know, Shaquille O'Neal or Patrick Ewing or Dikembe Mutombo. Like, it didn't seem to It seemed to me like in 2020... The Warriors needed a big man. The best one on the board was James Wiseman. He had the number two overall pick. It made the most sense. And if you're trying to build like you're talking about the next timeline, then you do draft more 
project-type players, a.k.a. Kaminga, a.k.a. Well, Moody did play college. He played one year. So you build a young group of guys that's supposed to develop. Now, I, th- I do believe that he thought that they'd be more ready than they are now to help sure. to help this iteration. Otherwise, I don't think they would have been okay with having some of those guys walk that they did. But I also think, too, and it's, it's kind of revisionist history. Like, if you look at the 2020 draft, none of the bigs have really worked out. And that's kind of the way that the draft is. Like, big men are coin flips, less so. Like, Obi Toppin and Xavier Tillman, Nekwe Okongwu, like, those might be the eh? best best bigs in that draft class. is better than those two guys. But go ahead, if I hear you. Sure, exactly. I yeah, he's better. Marty. Scotty Barnes was in that draft, right? No, he was a year after. He's a year after. Okay. No, the, but the thing is, too, okay, yes, if, if like the caller says, if you if you want LaMelo, that's fine. That means you don't get Jordan Poole because they play the same position, and they would be playing for the same minutes. That's how I see it. Like, if you are at that point Wait, that, in the 2020 Poole was already on the team. Poole was already on the team. He was the first-round pick the year before. Okay. And he had a terrible rookie year. In a bad rookie year. So basically, you're punting on Poole if you draft LaMelo Ball. And what's Think the, about that, though. I mean, think about that for a sec. So they, Poole has a rookie year. He's terrible. Yeah. They draft Ball to be Poole. Poole still improves. Now they're sitting with Curry, Poole, and LaMelo Ball. <laughs> that is, I mean, and, and who knows, like, maybe that works. I mean, th- that's why they tried to flip. KD for, you know, D'Angelo Russell. You're hoping that those yeah. two guards can work together, but they didn't. I mean, you have that draft up in front of you? I do. Who's f- who was four? Who was four? Uh, yeah. Patrick Williams, Chicago. Yeah. See, then, do you run down some names? Isaac Okoro, Akongwu. Yeah. I like him a little. Killian Hayes. No, I don't like him. Denny Avida. Yeah. Jalen Smith, who I do like. Yeah, he's all right. Exactly. He's all right. But yeah. none of those guys have. You know, if you're looking at a ceiling, right. the ceiling of a James Wiseman, and if you're the Warriors at the time, you need a big, none of the other guys are going to move the needle that much outside of probably Anthony Edwards, who you're not going to get. So, to me, it's just, like, they just looked at their puzzle and, like, this piece kind of fits, we'll go with this one, and hopefully it works. Well, and I was going to jump in, but the uh, the 415 on the Xfinity Mobile text line uh, had has the same thought as I did, is... Um, that you could ask this question, you know, the Warriors, did they draft for position? I mean, that's one of the things you, you always hear this throwaway line by GMs. Don't draft by visit. We're a best available player, best available player. Well, what if the best available player was ball, but their position of need was center. And so that's why they took Wiseman. And it's not, it's not like Wiseman at the time was seen as, a lesser player than LaMelo Ball. And LaMelo Ball was playing in Lithuania and Australia. Like they were I think they were seen as pretty even. There were other people that preferred LaMelo Ball, but he had a broken jump shot. Uh James Wiseman didn't play in college. That's the knock on him. So I don't know. There, there were if issues with both players. All right. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero is the number. Matt Steinmetz along with Evan Giddings. If you want to jump into the conversation, you are always welcome, 888-957-9570. That's also the Xfinity Mobile text line. we got Lorenzo Neal at 1 o'clock, so we'll switch to football then. Warriors, that's their biggest win of the year last night. 
and maybe the biggest win of their young players' careers. That's right. That's right. They got great performances from their young players, and they helped in a victory. We'll talk about it on the other side on 95.7 The Game. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. All right, Matt Steinmetz along with Evan Giddings. No Daryl the Guru Johnson this week. We'll take you into the new year. You know what I do? Hey, do you know? Am I? I don't think I'm. Next Monday? Next Monday, I think you're off. Yeah, I think I am too. Yeah. uh, That's New Year's Day? Yes. Maybe it's a second. I think uh, I'm, I'm, it is the second. Okay, yeah, I'm off that second. day. I'm off. And I Iron Man. I got to make <laughs> <laughs> I got to make that clear to somebody. Yeah. Uh Lorenzo Neal coming up in a half hour. I'm going to unveil my uh all-time fullback Mount Rushmore list at that time. I need to know his criteria for a fullback. <laughs> I do too. I've seen about six different definitions over the course of the show. I know. Let's go to uh, Brian. Oh, it's Brian in Palo Alto. BPA. Oh man. Happy holidays, buddy. <clears throat> you too, guys. How you doing? Oh, dynamite. It's well. Um, you know, I, uh, that was a great Warrior win yesterday. Mm. Some of the wise... How about Draymond? I think we're maybe... He's great. He was yeah. unbelievable. Uh, I, I have uh, fully admitted the errors of my prior <laughs> Draymond takes years <laughs> prior, and, and definitely I seem to appreciate him more now while the team maybe appreciates him less, but... Interesting. Um, you know, I think let's pump the brakes on Wiseman. Like he was okay. able to catch the ball right and not hemorrhage plus minus on the court one time, right? Like 
let's you know, like it's averaging fifteen a game over the last two. What? It's progress. I mean, he yes, that was again like awesome that you know playing a terrible defensive team in Brooklyn and nobody guarding him for twenty four minutes is great. But like, let's see him do this where he has. How about this? This, this is what I'm thinking, I, I, Brian. Sorry to interrupt, and we're not you're not going anywhere. Uh, look, it's an eight game homestand. The, the 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 things are positive. Let's see what he does. Let's give it say. You know what? What do you say? We we reconfigure. Let's, let's get back together at the end of this road trip to talk about why. So eight games. That's fair, right? Let's see how he does during this uh, homestand, rather. Sure, but, but like, yeah. So let's let that happen. Let's not. Hey, like start doing the, oh, this is where Wiseman was supposed to be in year three, which is not true, right? Uh, obviously, they expected him to be much further along than he is. All-star. Let's just, like, not evaluate. Okay, I'm good with that. Let's not evaluate good or bad either way. But, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough, Brian. But here's the way I do it. Here's the way I do it. And I really do. There, There is such a difference between young guys playing and young guys playing to win a game. And Bear with me here. I mean, to me, Wiseman's like, you know, again, Linda, Linda, uh, what's her name? Linda, the exorcist, Linda Blair in the exorcist with the head spinning around. He had no, he's no idea where he's supposed to be at. Like, he's just out there playing. He's just out there surviving. That's all he's doing. Wiseman, you think he, you think Wiseman earlier this year is thinking, okay, what, when I go out there to, what can I do to give my team the best chance? To win, to help them, the he's not thinking that. He's thinking, how the hell do I get from point A to point B to point C, without the coach yanking me out of a game, without me making a mistake? Like that's natural for a young player, especially with no competitive experience, virtually. And I just think last night he started. You started to see at least a glimpse of a guy who, all right, he, he did he. he Finally did some things that we've been asking him to do in a limited amount of time. And there it is. Like, I have to get... These guys were these guys have been so bad this year, for the most part. You have to finally acknowledge Moody, Wiseman, and Kaminga last night were positive contributors in a win against a good team. Like, that, that is the biggest thing to me, because they were killing you. They've been killing you. They've been killing you this year. But now they have something tangible. They were positive in a win, not a blowout. And I mean, there are no. They were positives in a win. All right. Now let's take a look at the next seven games. See how they can be. And the other part about Wiseman too is he was. Traded differently than the other two guys. Like he was a day one starter when he got to the NBA. And Steve Kerr has come out and said that that was unfair of the Warriors to expect big things from him immediately. So it's not just the fact that he has, you know, grown and, and gotten better, but like he has had to take more steps back than any of the other young guys on the team just because of what he was given immediately entering the association. So with James Wiseman, yes, like yes, he played eight minutes, and maybe it's much to do about a little, not nothing, but a little bit, not quite something. But that is what James Wiseman's role needs to be for this team. Maybe not the team in five years, right? But the the role for this team needs to be, hey, as a backup center, 
Like, we need a guy that can just bring a presence to the court that no one else can. Like, he has some, he has physical tools that no one else does. And for him, Kaminga, and Moody to all be working finally, like, in sync. I mean, there were articles written over the past few months about how Kaminga and Wiseman couldn't play on the floor together, and it didn't look like they could play on the floor together. Now at least it looks like it does, and that is valuable for a Warriors team that, as we've discussed, has leaned on a lot of two-way guys to be their kind of young contributors, and there's going to be a point this year in which those two-way guys, because of the limitations of the two-way contract, cannot play anymore. So you need to get them up to speed to the point where maybe they can play 10 to 20 minutes at the end of a regular season game, and maybe even if... God forbid Draymond Green misses time. God forbid Kevon Looney gets hurt, who seems like you can pencil him in for 100 games right. a year. Then Wiseman's role does become significant, and he needs to at least be able to give you some sort of confidence that he could handle that. Right. Right. And right. And up until last night, or maybe the last two games, depending on how you look at it, up until then, I, I couldn't say that. And he'll stink. He'll yeah. stink again this year. He will. But the maybe, question maybe is... The question is, I mean, to me, how many how many times was why this might be the first time Wiseman's been a positive when he's out on the floor. Probably isn't, but the point is is how many how many positives now can he cram onto the floor in the next seven games? Look, if if we're gonna kill him for being a negative in a G League game, which some people did, then you also have to be able to acknowledge when he is good, even if it's for ten minutes. I mean, because he couldn't it sounds like a backhanded compliment, but he couldn't even do that exactly. to begin this season. Let's go to uh, let's go to Eddie. Eddie's in San Mateo. What's up, Eddie? Hey guys, uh, great show. Uh, I just want to kind of make a couple points about a couple points about Wiseman. Um, you know, I mean, I think everyone is you know kind of taking light in terms of you know what his performance in G League and he scored thirty points in the in the net game. You know. Blowout as it might be, it's an NBA game. You know, can, can Damian Jones score 30 points in that game? You know, that, that's, that's just, you know, my point there. Yeah. If you go back to the eight uh, minutes, no. you know, looking at Wiseman, I agree. I agree with, you know, uh, your points in terms of you should focus on defense and, you know, just being physical, you know, like you did in eight minutes. But if you look at those eight minutes, I went back and looked at it. I mean, there's five times I think he had, he had deep position and, 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 Throw, you know, throw the ball in there at the dunk. And also, you know, in a G League game, the game he had, um, I think, also 30 points. I mean, he has a legitimate, you know, back-to-the-basket jump hook that I don't think I don't think anyone could stop. So I think there's times in the NBA game, in the NBA season, that that can be valuable, you know, when, especially in a team of three-point shooters. So I think, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I wouldn't discount the offense so, you know, so quickly. I mean, listen, that's fair. That's fair. I, I I don't think as highly, I, I don't think his offensive game is like he's a he's he's you know the old phrase jack of all trades master and none. Yep. Well, he's not even kind of a jack of all trades. The jack of some trades. Yes, but again, like this is where I'm. He's twenty one or twenty, whatever he is. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean the one that's most developed and the the guy who we haven't discussed a whole lot throughout this show that showed out last night was Jordan Poole. I mean, Jordan Poole played a pretty damn good game against a Memphis team that clearly was trying to, or at least Dylan Brooks was, trying to do what he tries to do to Steph Curry, which is, you know, run him off the three-point line, beat him up, 
And I thought Poole responded about as well as, look, I mean, he didn't shoot the lights out. It was 3 of 10 from three-point range. But he was in a game in which, again, you're on a national stage and you don't you don't want to get embarrassed by a team that's been talking all this crap over the last few months despite getting bounced by you in the playoffs last year. Like, I thought Jordan Poole didn't shy away from the moment. And especially for a guy who didn't have a, a great road trip, uh, to come back home and, and play as well as he did on Christmas Day, I thought was pretty impressive. Jordan Poole's averaging more points this year than last year. He's averaging 19 and a half this year. Like, let me ask you this. Hey, how was Jordan Poole? How did he do in the playoffs last year? He started out great and then regressed. I, I would say was, over each round. I thought he was terrific in the playoffs. I do. Because to expect anything more than that, than what he gave you in the playoffs, like that superstars do that. Like he's too young. He he won them playoff games. Let me look at some of these numbers. 30. Okay, this is a guy who's a 27th pick. Let me just throw you some. Okay, first round. Against Denver, he was all time. 30, 29, 27. Monster series. Okay. Let's go to Memphis. Okay, 31, 20, 27. I'm sorry, right there. Boom. That's a lot of. Like, for a player like that. In other words, if he has three more games like that, he's a super like he's Steph Curry at that point. Our right, next series, Dallas. He's got a nineteen, a twenty-three, ten, fourteen, sixteen. Solid. Let's go to the finals. Double figures in the last five games: seventeen, ten, fourteen, fourteen, fifteen. I mean, even when he wasn't good, he, it's not like he was useless. Like Jordan Poole, to me. For a 23-year-old or whatever he was at that point, had a great postseason. In 22 games, he shot 50%, 39 from three, 90 from the line. <laughs> Thank you. Like, that's whatever you want to make about his defense, which is, of course, where, where most people go. Like, I don't know what else you what you want from him. Okay, so if he's not a great defender, how can he be an asset? By being a microwave on offense, which he's shown himself to consistently be able to do right and especially now that that Steph is out I think they said on the broadcast last night he averages 28 points a game when Steph doesn't play right and when you need scoring when your best score is not on the court I, I I'm willing to overlook the fact that exactly. maybe he's a turnstile sometimes exactly I mean when uh, it, he's not shooting it well he's shooting better than Clay Thompson Jordan Poole is. And he's getting more attention than Clay to, Thompson. And he gets to the line more than Clay. That's obvious. Now he's turning the ball over more, which I get. And then, yeah, you can criticize him for that. But maybe that's because he's he's quiet, you know, slowly but surely being asked to, to do more. 888-957-9570. Matt Steinmetz and Evan Giddings. We're going to be here till 2 o'clock. Uh, so we're, we're, phone lines are open. They're open right now. But at 1 o'clock... We got Lorenzo Neal, and we're going deep into the fullback position. I'm, I'm just going to run it like I think I'm just going to run down some players. Daryl Johnston. Now he was a fullback. Yep. Uh, Lorenzo Neal. He was a fullback. Now see, they say Larry Zonka was a fullback. Just Google does. See, I don't. I don't see that. 
I don't see Larry Sanka as a fullback. Something that the Xfinity Mobile text line brought up was... John Riggins. A flanker. Oh, that yeah. might, might be a position. So FB could not necessarily just be fullback, could be flanker back. Flanker I'm, was FL. Okay. That was the, uh, yeah. That flanker would have been like... Uh, like Lance Allworth? See, I consider him a wide receiver, but maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong on that. Like Billy White Shoes Johnson. Like a flanker was like the, to me, and I could be wrong, like the third receiver. Like a deep threat? or He was like a slot guy. Gotcha. But he could also be a little bit in the backfield, and you could use him as a runner. The only other fullback modern day that I could think of would be like LaRon McClain. Played for the Ravens for a while. He was always, I don't know, you know, like the, like the Kyle Hughes check of his day. See, I remember a guy that played for the New York Giants, David Meggett. He was kind of a flanker. Yeah, he's the tailback was another term they, they used. Tailback, halfback. Exactly. Um, so we got Lorenzo Neal coming up in 15 minutes. Hey, by the way, we haven't talked about this. Are the Mets going to end up signing Correa? I kind of think they are. Just because Steve Cohen has... So much bleep you money that even if Correa, like, I feel like Steve Cohen would be willing to pay to not lose a guy and would be okay with eating whatever future losses come his way. Like, he is, he, he is not a penny pincher. <laughs> that, I, I didn't nope. know this, but he is worth three times as much as the next richest owner in baseball. Really? Like, his net worth is 14, 15 billion. The next closest will be five. You know what else is something that uh, maybe we can get into this week? Because clearly it's different. So um, the ownership group of the Warriors as opposed to the Giants. Clear, like, Joe Lacob has people he's got to report to. You know what I mean? I mean, there's no doubt. Joe Lacob has people he's got minority owners. But you always get the sense he's got the final say. Joe Lacob. Who's got the final say for the San Francisco Giants? It might not be Charles Johnson, is what I'm saying. He may just be, he may just be a guy like Joe Lacob who can't get a consensus, yeah. or who the consensus was, let's not do that. No, that's a good point. I think also, like owners, baseball owners are far less public. Like Steve Cohen is um, is a outlier, is a rarity. Right. We see that more in basketball. Maybe more because of Mark Cuban or or others, but like, I mean, in, in the NFL, Jerry Jones is stands out. Bob Kraft stands out. Um, but a lot of owners in baseball, I feel like you don't hear from unless something bad has gone down. Which is probably why we're now learning more about Charles Johnson because something has in a lot of people in people's minds gone awry when, yeah. when it comes to Carlos Correa. Uh, let's go to George in Oakland. Let's talk about what a fullback is. Hey, George, what's going on? Yeah, I can't believe you guys don't know. Uh, Careful. What a fullback was for most of most of uh, football history. Eternity, well, I'm 82. Yeah. I've watched football since 1950, and I'm not a football fan particularly. But basically for a long time in a T formation, uh, the quarterback lined up under center. The fullback was directly behind him, and there were halfbacks on each side of the fullback. Jimmy Brown was the greatest runner I've ever seen and the most powerful. He was fast. He was shifty. He carried linemen 
you know, along the way. They start to tackle him, and they couldn't bring him down. Now, granted, those were smaller guys than today, but he was incredible. Zonka was a fullback. I don't know when, when the fullback became uh, primarily a blocking back in the last 20 to 30 years at most, okay? So, uh, what about Rocky Blyer? He was a, well, I don't know. He was a halfback or he may have played some fullback, but he wasn't a particularly big guy, as I recall. Uh, Franco Harris may have been considered a fullback at that time. I'm not sure. Um, uh, so it sounds like he was primarily sounds... a running back. Fullbacks were running backs in those days. Right. Um, so it sounds to me it's a little bit, it's a little bit nebulous. At some point in history, it changed, right? but it wasn't, and and even before that, a quarterback much earlier in the century was a blocking back himself. He called the signals and blocked, I recall. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this game has changed, but the fullback, you know, today is a blocking back primarily, but it wasn't through much of football history. Appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, George. Came out like, yeah, you guys, I can't believe you don't know. I can't believe you guys don't know this. Well, I don't, Stein, oh, it man, sounds that's... like not, not even you have been watching football since 1950. But, but he acknowledged all the points about the nebulous degree. Let's go to Ed. Maybe to know a nebulous. Let's go to Ed. Me. He wants to talk fullbacks. What's up, Ed? Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> Get <laughs> George yeah, turn, that, turn that guy off in the background. Although I liked him. He's, he... Hey, the fullback. I don't know if you heard me or not. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay. The fullback position was created when the single wing, pardon me, when the split T formation was created. Okay. The fullback lined up directly behind the quarterback who was under center. Okay. And there was two two halfbacks to the left and the right. The wishbone. That's a wishbone to me, right? No, it's no, it's not. It's a split T. Don't tell me I ran this stuff, so don't tell me. I'm not telling you that. You tell me. Oh my God! I'm asking you a question. Get him, Ed. I don't get it, Ed. So wait a minute. What what makes the wishbone the wishbone? And you, know, you have to look at and see where everybody is lined up, and and go from there. This wishbone came after the split T. The split T came after the single wings. Hmm. And we lost him. I don't think we did. The echoes bother me. I'm sorry. It's just he never turned on his radio, and you could hear the so previous conversation. It, it, it's, okay, it sounds like he's on to something. The, the, what, what, well, the wing T is different than the so the wing, the wing T has three running, running backs, backs all lined up same level. On so six all okay. six yards so back. In other words, they called the guy. This, this pisses me off. So they called the guy in the middle the fullback, yes. yep. even though he wasn't up in the backfield. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, he was directly okay, behind so, the ball. Yeah. So the difference between the, the, the T and the wishbone is about two yards. Exactly. There okay. you go. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Man. I'm, I'm saying I don't... like the, There's stuff I don't get about who's defined as what. I know that would have stuck with you all day. Uh, but so it Okay, like, then where's it, what's the run and shoot? The run and shoot. Jerry Glanville's run and shoot. I'm not uh, I, saying I know. I know. I know. What's the, the difference between the, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors run and shoot? Cole okay, Brennan. you ever see De La Salle play? Yes. That looks a lot like a wishbone offense to me. Now, is it called the wishbone? Probably not. What's it called? Craig. De La Salle? Oh, yeah. uh, they call it a veer out there. Yeah, veer. The veer. My high school ran the veer. And it was like the quick dive, yes or no. 
You decide. If not, then you come. I don't know why I'm getting fired up. No, I'm just asking it, it for a little just... help. I, I know, I know, I know a good chunk of it. Yeah, no. The only difference between the T formation and and the wing T would would just be the fullback is directly behind the quarterback as opposed to three or four yards deep between the two halfbacks. According to our research department, Steiny defined power forwards under I don't really use those anymore. All right, I got to, hey, we got to go to break because I got to come up with my all fullback, Mount Rushmore. And you know what? Let me tell you something. I can tell you right now, it's going to be controversial. Lorenzo Neal, Lorenzo Neal on the other side on 95.7 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.